Welcome to the untold stories of starting a creative business. We are Jeroen de Korte and Paul Bakker, founders and creative directors of, and now this, a brand building agency. We develop and grow change-making and boundary-pushing brands. By creating a company's brand, we help them guide everything they do, give them a clear understanding of why it exists and why people should care. On our podcast, we talk to founders of successful and inspirational creative businesses about how it all started, the ups and downs, and what it actually takes to build a creative business. Stories that we, as brand builders, like to hear all about. Listen to our previous episodes on our website, and now this.agency slash podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And now this. The untold stories of starting a creative business. A podcast. Today we meet Mike McGee, co-founder and chief creative officer of Framestore, the global creative studio. Framestore was founded in London in 1986, and the proposition was simple. Use technology to create the most extraordinary images possible. Today, Framestore employs 3,000 people across offices in London, New York, Los Angeles, and Montreal, working across film, advertising, and VR. Framestore has been referred to as Hollywood's go-to visual effects company. Um, They worked on films like Harry Potter, Batman The Dark Knight, Gravity, and Blade Runner 2049, and recently Avengers uh, Endgame. And I think we're the only two people on Earth that haven't seen it yet, uh, because it just hit a box office record of, of, of grossing $2 million billion in just 11 days, right? Congratulations, by the way. Yeah. Um, they created visual effects for iconic TV spots like Guinness Evolution and Surfer, which is one of my favorite ads of all time. And more recently, the Apple HomePod spot uh, directed by uh, Spike Jones. Um, Framestore has received five Oscars, three creative ones and uh, two technical for Golden Compass, Gravity and Blade Runner. And they've won every uh, advertising award there used to be one. Um yeah, Mike, uh, thank you very much for, for being here in Amsterdam. Welcome to our humble little uh, office or a little booth over here. Welcome, welcome. Welcome. Well, it's great to be here. Thank you very much for the invitation. Of course. Yeah. How are you? I'm, I'm very well. Um, I'm, I'm in recovery mode a little bit. I, I've just finished oh. a big cycle ride in uh, Patagonia. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, it's uh, yes, a charity ride, uh, an advertising ride, actually arranged by really? Ridley Scott's company. Yeah. Really? Um, normally, we normally ride from, or we do every year, they ride from uh, Geneva to Cannes mm. over the Alps, taking some of the Tour de France. That's fantastic. And um, this year I did the Patagonia version, which uh, mm. happens in Chile and obviously crosses the Andes into Argentina and back. So wow. I'm, I'm in recovery mode from that. I'm sure, um, yeah. Yeah, how much? How long is it? Um, and it was it was nine days of cycling and a thousand kilometers mm. and uh, eighteen thousand meters of climbing. Oh, so amazing! Yeah, it's quite a journey. Uh, oh, I've never heard well of, done. Of, of this. Uh, yes. Yeah, we should we should get in touch with uh, Mr. Scott soon. Oh yeah, <laughs> he has a he's an Amsterdam, just opened he has a, a, an Amsterdam yeah. office. Uh, he just he opened an office a couple here. of weeks ago. Okay. I guess so. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Well, this is the land of cycling after all, so... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's easier here because it's flat. <laughs> um, much easier than, than Patagonia, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and what brings you here in Amsterdam? 
I'm here for the next web conference. Okay. Um, Nice, nice. Yeah, that's starting uh, tomorrow, so it's the day before the next web conference. You're, you're, um, spe- you're attending or speaking? Or? Yes, um, I'm doing a uh, fireside chat uh, tomorrow with Victor from Media Monks. Nice. Yeah. So we, yes, we're going to talk about advertising and the future of advertising with all of the new emerging platforms. Yeah, very nice. Awesome. Yeah. So what we want to talk to you about uh, uh, the the early days. Of Framestore because you started Framestore in in, in, in uh, 1986, right? With four partners. That's correct. Um, um, but you, I believe you, you came straight from school, right? Right. Uh, uh, so why and why did you start your own company and why not just get a job first? <laughs> so I I, uh, I went to art school, um, uh, moved from my my home country Wales down to London where the where the creative centre. Uh, of the UK, yeah, yeah. and um, did my masters there, and learned to use a computer. Um, it was it was it literally uh, con- it it changed the um, advertising and um, art world mm. overnight. Mm. Um, I, when I when I was in art school, we were uh, hand setting hot metal typography, mm-hmm, hot metal mm-hmm. type, yeah. and the computer wiped that out literally overnight. Um, but it also um, combined all of my other interests uh, of in photography and animation and yeah. illustration, uh, and this one box suddenly brought everything together. Yeah. So um, when I came out of art college, um, I had a, a skill with a with a computer in art, and um, I did get a small job for a few months um, where I met uh, my colleagues. Oh, okay. Um, And it was in that company, which was working for a newspaper uh, mogul, Mm. and it was taking low-resolution video images and retouching them so that they could be printed in a newspaper. Mm. So we were using this uh, piece of technology, um, which we realized could be used to paint not just on a single frame, but on multiple frames. Uh-huh. So you were actually painting on the on the frame, like the, the, the physical frame? It was the digital frame we were, we were painting okay. on. So yeah. this, we had this huge Japanese computer, uh, Dai Nippon, I think it was called back mm. then. Mm. And it was the size of this room. Mm-hmm. And it would, it would literally just take a high resolution photograph, scan it and produce one still image. And then in the computer, I would retouch that, mm-hmm. put contrast in, put a bit of extra detail in, but not too much. So I wasn't repainting information that wasn't there because mm. it was being used in newspapers. So it had to just be a, a more visual um, wor- a version of the, the slightly softer VHS image that we had. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But we realized, um, we realized that we could use this technology to, to paint frame by frame in the same way on moving images. Mm. That's cool. So it's cool. like 25 frames a second. That was it, 25 frames a second. Uh-huh. Um, or on on video, we could actually paint on frames of video, which was 50 fields a second. Uh-huh. Um, so depending on whether you were mastering on videotape or on film, there was 25 or 50. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. And, so, and so the four of you, or f- five of you, decided to leave that company and just start your own thing. Yes. Like, so well, this is great. We kind of have this tool right now. Did you develop that, that, that um, frame painting? Yeah. <laughs> so we we worked. Um, so there were two of us that I met my um, the lady that became our CEO. Mm-hmm. Um, she was my producer at this company, 
and she was uh, dating um, the guy who is now our CEO, William mm. Sargent, Sir William Sargent. Okay. Uh, and, um, and we were working with uh, a freelance person that we were getting in to help, help me out. Yeah. And he was at the same time working on, working with some directors who were keen to use um, th- these, these computers and this technique for painting on video. Um, and so I've, I've reversed um, my skills to work with him. Um, and we mm. produced uh, the video Take On Me mm-hmm. yeah. for AHA. Uh-huh. Um, and on the back of that, we, we really realized that we should take this technology and start our own company. Okay, so you, so you produced that video uh, uh, for the company that you all worked for. It was not for Frames. It wasn't there. That, 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 okay. that video was made uh, before we started Frames. Yeah, yeah. yeah. For those that don't yes, know, yes, the first, the first, uh, the first <laughs> yeah. job Framestore did was a culture club, um, Boy George, oh, uh, really? a pop video. Nice. And um, we were we were cutting out um, girls from black and white movies, Claudia Cardinale, Bridget Bardo, hmm. and then putting them into a warehouse environment with Boy George. So it was cut and paste and, and drawing frame by frame, yeah. but uh, to take live action footage and combine it with uh, shots of Boy George. Nice. Yeah, because speaking of that that uh, aha video, which is which is just an iconic uh, piece of pop culture, really. Now, um, so so how um, so you just got that assignment when you, when you worked there, or or did, did they approach the company and said, the, "All right, we want something like this," or did you so come up with the, that concept? It, it was the director uh, Steve Barron. Okay. Um, he had a company, um, Limelight, mm-hmm. uh, who did a lot of uh, pop videos. And Steve was doing this job with uh, the guy that became my fellow creative at Framestore, mm-hmm. Jonathan. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Jonathan asked me to come and work with him to help execute this mm-hmm. uh, pop video for Steve. Mm-hmm. And and it was Steve, actually, and Limelight and a few other directors at Limelight that became investors in Framestore. Mm-hmm. So it was one of, one of the cleverest things that William did, who, who helped set up yeah. uh, the company and the deal for the company, was to, to get investors that had an interest in feeding work to the company mm-hmm. to take shares in the company. Mm. Uh-huh. So hard. we bought our first bit of kit using... Um, money from individual directors and uh, producers that would then feed us work. And you, oh, you right. combined the all the money to buy uh, your first computers or something? Oh, no, probably not computers. Oh, there were computers? Yes, it was. A, it was a, yeah, it was a computer. It was a uh-huh. paint box, a okay. Quantel paint box, which was a, a device normally used for making news graphics and uh, yeah. Just painting still images, a giant tablet with a big pen connected by a huge cable. Mm. Um, and then we were grabbing frames off a big old tape-to-tape one-inch machine um, into the computer. And then we would draw and paint on these frames. And we had such little memory that you would have to delete the original <laughs> frame to save the one you oh, were wow. working oh, on. Oh, yeah. So it was quite laborious and quite painstaking time and time-consuming. Yeah, 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 sure. Yeah. But it's like so much craft goes into that, I think, right? Like everything handmade, hand painted. Yes, yeah, so very much so. so it, was, it felt like a very manual job at yeah, the yeah. time. And um, so uh, each frame in that video, in the aha video, was, was hand, hand drawn? Yeah, hand drawn. Just like a cartoon. So, That's why it yeah, looks so like it's, it's, <clears throat> it's moving and it's, yeah. 
Yes, and you you would. Um, I mean, there were different techniques we used to use back then. Sometimes you would you would print every frame onto a piece of uh, well, you print it out as a black and white photograph, and then you put a cell on, put a cell on top of it, and you could draw on the cell, and mm-hmm. then you oh, yeah. might reshoot the cell through a rostrum camera. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there were lots of different techniques to, but it was frame by frame, mm. so quite laborious. Yeah, but that video was quite revolutionary, right? <clears throat> it was. What, what? Yes, no, it's, it's, it? It, absolutely. At its time, yeah. for, for me, it's the original piece of immersive content, the, the story yeah. of a guy leaving the, the live-action world and becoming a comic book hero and then exactly. coming back out at the end. Yeah. Um, they, yes. did a, they did a tribute in Family Guy. Yeah. Have you, have you, seen, have it? you seen it? No, I haven't. I haven't oh, you should. I, we'll Don't. send you the link later. Yeah. It's, it's, it's incredible. <laughs> it's the other way around. It's a guy yeah. from a cartoon getting into... He's in a supermarket uh-huh. and then yeah. he gets into the video of... Uh, uh-huh. Pulled into the video. Yeah. Okay. Really funny. Yeah, very funny. It's, it's quite amazing. I, I saw a, a piece recently that was uh, an, a, an AR application where um, someone's used the... Um, Uh, the iPhone and mm. you hold it you hold it up to a, a room set and a, a window frame appears and everything that you scan the phone across becomes mm. a drawing oh uh, mm. and then live action outside uh, and it's I what like we were taking <laughs> days you see and days. years ago <laughs> it's now happening in real time on a yeah, yeah, handheld yeah. device <laughs> yeah 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 incredible <laughs> nice um, um so when but when you started your 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 company uh, what 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 actually made you des- uh, decide to to start your company or was it that you wanted to leave and well the co- we we recognized that there was an opportunity to use the technology to create images that no one had seen before mm. but certainly my manager in the company i was working for did didn't have the same vision okay um, and uh, the other people that that i teamed up with we were We were all discussing how uh, disgruntled we were with um, people not wanting to do things the way we did, mm. and and William just called our called our bluff on that and said, "Well, if we're all serious, let's let's just start a company. Let's just do it." And yeah, nice. So nice. the and the, and the idea was that we wanted to work with the most uh, interesting, challenging visionaries, yeah. and and work on images. Uh, that had never been seen before. Mm. So very much like the AHA video was. Yeah. There must be, you know, what else can we do that can be as exciting as that? Wow. So that was our driver to wow. to wow. to make images that yeah. hadn't been seen before. Yeah. And so, so the name Framestore made sense as well, I think. Yes, I mean that's the hardest thing you can do. I think when you're starting your own company, is come up with your own name. Yeah, yeah. it's the toughest thing. Yeah, uh, and in the end, actually, the name was uh, was thought of by Steve Barron. It was uh, the director. Oh, really? The, he, he it was his name because right. between the five of us, we all had different names Four and different list, different list, long ideas. list, short yeah. list. Yeah. <laughs> What was your name? What was my name? Oh, you're going back now. <coughs> Putting no, you on the spot now. No, Sorry. I can't. <laughs> no, I wish I wish I could remember, but no, 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 I can't. Um, and so, but but how exactly did you do things differently than than the visual effects companies at, at the time? Was it was it so? Was it was it something that only you? Yeah. Were there could, any could other do? competitors, or is it, was it because it's mostly just? Mm-hmm. Well, we were a we were a new startup. We were we took a risk on a piece of untried technology, yeah, uh, yeah. and invested yeah. 
significantly to do it. Mm. We did have uh, the partners uh, that have in- invested with us. Okay. So we knew we were going on a creative journey yeah. together, taking those risks, that risk, yeah, yeah, that yeah. big risk together. So that that helps when your um, investors are with you on the, on the journey. Oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So the people we were competing with were much larger companies. Uh, as a startup, mm. we were much more agile. We were there to take risks, and we were, we were, we, yes, we were up for whatever the challenge was. We we weren't shy of hard work. We, I think, for the first three years, I, d- I don't recall um, having a holiday or, <laughs> or going home very much. Actually, it was just, mm. but the work was such fun. Yeah, it was yeah. so exciting. It was we were doing things. Yeah, it doesn't matter if it's with fun images. If you, if you yeah, love what you're doing. It didn't right? feel like work. It didn't feel like work. And also the the risk at the beginning. I'd only been out of college six or eight months, so for me the risk again was reduced. It was more of an adventure, an exciting time to to do new things. Yeah, um, and so we all went into it to create the best work. It wasn't it wasn't like we set a company up to make a lot of money. Mm, no. It was clearly about the work yeah. and us wanting to do things that really um, fulfilled us uh, and that we were passionate about. Yeah. And actually when you when I look back now over the 33 years, the the jobs where we've taken the biggest risks uh, are often the jobs mm-hmm. that come with the biggest rewards. Mm. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you always strive to get the best creative work. Is that still your, your what drives the company? Yes, I think the work. The work. I mean, we're a, we're a people based company first. Yeah. Pe- people are always first. Um, finding a technical solution or an innovative way of of telling a story is what supports the creative. Yeah. So for us, providing the best quality and um, the best creative solutions yeah. uh, needs the best talent. Mm. So for us. Having the uh, being able to get close to and and work with the most creative people around is something we spend a lot of time uh, investing in. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we still uh, court the studios and big directors, um, and w- and we do it as an ongoing uh, process mm. uh, because the relationships that you build up over time with trust are the ones that then allow you to take a, a much bigger step together yeah, yeah. when it involves big risk. Mm. So winning the work attracts the best talent. Yeah. And then once you have the best talent, it's 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 holding on to them by providing a great environment for them to work in mm. and supporting them um, with their in their creative ambitions. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But those those uh core values have not have they changed since, since the beginning like um, like never compromising on on quality. On, on yes, I mean, I would I would say that is still paramount. Is the quality? Obviously, we we have a we have a portfolio of work. Yeah. So mm-hmm. um, we we look we we can't make money on every job, um, but if we have enough of a spread of work, then we can invest in yeah. projects yeah, that exactly. we really want to mm-hmm. yeah, to push tr- the boundaries. You're trying to make on. a mix of, of bad projects, and, yeah. money projects, maybe. And yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 absolutely. So it's a it's a mix it's a mix of um, bread and butter work. Oh yeah, yeah and yeah. then when you see an opportunity, investing in it yeah. and, and making the most of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and what what were some of the things that you encountered in in those early days? Like what? What kind of ups and downs was it? 
was it tough to 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 win a spot within the like get you, like find your place within the the, the industry at all? Yes, I mean, find, I suppose finding your identity and yeah. making making clients come back to you, the, mm-hmm. the repeat business. That's that was um, something where we we realized that we we had to invest in in our people, I suppose, to to improve their skills. So so some of the things that we found the most challenging have been scaling up. When we yeah. when we've grown, yeah. you often have people that are creative suddenly becoming a manager of a team of a hundred people, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. yet they have no training in that Managing area. Skills. <laughs> Maybe, and the same goes for you, right? Yeah, because you you yeah. started you started as a creative person, and then it changed into managing a whole big company. How fast did that change for you? It it, it changed really quickly, actually, because it's. Um, very quickly, I was in charge of a small team that grew and grew. Um, but also, when when we started the company, because the technology was so new, I was finding myself in a in a dark room, fixing a lot of problems for people because mm. uh, the technology relies on the images that have been brought in to be mm-hmm. shot in a certain way. Um, so I would have to go out and educate clients on how to shoot things properly. Mm. Okay. And then I realized I was spending more time away from the computer than at it. So yeah. I had to get people to sit at the computer. Then before I know it, I have a team of artists there mm-hmm. who need feedback on, on how to do the work yeah. well. Yeah. Um, so we, we were one of the first companies in the industry to introduce uh, a HR structure where we mm. would give uh, appraisal feedback, um, where we would work on, uh, I, would, I would work on my motivational skills. Mm, yeah. We would, you know, we'd have to handle all those tricky uh, negotiating skills, um, all those soft People management, yeah, yeah, but also selling because a, a, a lot of what I had to do was yeah, was course. selling. So, yeah, yeah. Um, it's a, it's a mix of being a good, uh, being a creative, yeah, being having good interpersonal skills, being a good manager, and so we yes we got training in all of those things. Yeah. Oh yeah, you 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 really uh, got training from outside to learn more how to do it. Those skills. Yes. Yeah. Yes. My, my, my wife worked in HR. That was her okay. career. So ah. I was living alongside those those values every day. Yeah. And she was constantly questioning, have you done this? Have you done yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, That's good. So that that was uh, really useful to have someone like that yeah. uh, near me all that near me and, and making me question how I was doing everything. Yeah. So yeah. that certainly helped us feed in. We now have a, a huge um, training team at mm. Framestore and um, and invest quite heavily in making sure that everybody's skills are raised in the company. Mm. Because uh, when I started out, it was one man on a computer in a room, and we'd have agency people sat in the room, mm. or for me, often smoking heavily because the pressure <laughs> yeah. was on to deliver. Yeah. Um, and it was one man and lots of clients. Yeah. T- today, it's it's... It's different to that. It's uh, it's a different it's a different world. The yeah, clients very rarely come in, yeah. and there are teams of people solving those problems. Yeah, and the timelines are probably shorter, I guess, or no, or not really, not um, necessarily. Timelines and not, well, oh, it depends on the project, of course. Yeah, I mean, when it comes to advertising, maybe uh, um, it's I mean, it's less uh, less time consuming now with the digital all the digital um, you know programs and, and tools you have. But yeah, it's it's not. amazing as, as as the technology gets quicker because when when yeah. I used to set a render off in the, in the room with a room yeah, full yeah. of clients, we'd all sit there for half an hour to watch yeah. five seconds of processing happen, and then mm. I play it back. Mm. Whereas now the processing is quicker, yeah, 
but then people want more iterations. Yeah, it's all yeah. about iteration. Uh, you want more. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, but I'm sure those those management skills and all those skills are, are needed to, to kind of build the culture, right? Build 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 an build a, an office culture as well at Fringe Store. Or what was that? Was that something you did like uh, in, intentionally, or what was that? Was that something that just happened? Like, all right, we we are, we are we're building a culture right now, and this is what we stand for. And it's, or was it something you were trained for as well? Like, I, I think the culture has grown out of the directors of the company actually working on the shop floor. Um, yeah, myself and Tim, uh, who are the two chief creative officers now, hmm. um, have both been there for over 30 years, and we we still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We still work with the teams, hmm. and by um, by by setting an example uh, and living yeah. and breathing um, quality and excellence in everything we do, yeah. filters through hmm. the teams. But at the same time, you as you as you grow and you take on more people, you also allow them to express their ways of doing things, and then that that those good people really. Um, create the culture themselves as well. Yeah. yeah. So it's an evolving culture, yeah. but based around the the original pillars of uh, of quality. Yeah. So you have three thousand people uh, working for Framestore right now, right? Which uh, I think well, London is there six locations. Six. Yeah. So we have well, we were actually we have four in North America. So it's LA, Chicago, New York, and mm -hmm. Montreal. Then we have an office in Pune now. And in Beijing as well, they were the uh, the two oh, yeah. we didn't mention. Okay. And then yep. uh, the the London office is fourteen hundred people, so okay. that's the the that's biggest office. Big headquarters. Yeah. 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 And um, did did it take a long time for the company to to I don't know take off or, or to 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 kind of like reach a certain point where you're like, all right, we're this is going into the to the right direction. Um, I think did it take the, a while for you to I don't know shape shape the company. Yes, I think while whilst the company was um, smaller, we were very much a bunch of individuals working with our own um, our, our own dedicated client list. Mm. Each artist in the company had their regulars that would come back. Okay. Yeah. Um, but then once we got to a certain size and we started taking on uh, larger projects, so when we started out, we were making pop videos, TV commercials, short form work. Mm. Um, one of the one of the biggest uh, stepping stones for us was when we took on um, Gulliver's Travels. It yeah. was a, a show for American TV, and it mm. was it, it was shot on 35 mil as a, as a film would be. Yep. It had film production values with film talent. And for us, that became um, the biggest leap was to start working on uh, projects that needed a team of people, team of artists to execute them mm. and change the way our processes had to work. Hmm. Um, so, and, and how did that project happen? Did they did they approach you because they saw your work, or did you have to did, did you did you reach out to them as like with like a sales uh, team, or, or how how did that happen? So, a lot of a lot of the work we did back then because we were one of a handful of people that could create yeah. the quality of effects that they needed. Hmm. Um, they would come and have a um, Pitch. Yeah, they would come yeah, for yeah. a pitch to each company. Yeah. Yeah. And then it was about how well you sold your creative solutions. So I talk yeah, about yeah. the quality of selling okay. and the, and those interpersonal skills. Mm. You know, you have a brief 
opportunity to win the director over or, or win the producer mm. over. Yeah. Uh, and that was coming up with uh, your solutions for how you would create the effects. Yeah, nice. So a lot, a lot of the a lot of the early projects you were actually learning on the project as well. So figuring uh, out. Yes, there's nothing. There's the nothing running. that uh, focuses the mind <laughs> more than a, a real live uh, show. I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. And was it a great success? The the uh, Gulliver's Travels. It was. It was uh, Ted Danson from the the mm -hmm. Cheers the, mm -hmm. the bar. He he was the he was Gulliver. He was the lead role. Yeah. And um, it was went out on American TV over two nights and was, uh, yeah, had a huge audience uh, following. Yeah. Um, uh, but it also gave us a reputation as making long, for making long form work. Yeah. So it was a great success for us personally. Because it opened it was, doors uh, for you as opened well. Opened up doors for in, us. In, in the US? In, in the US, we, we worked with Hallmark Entertainment who created mm. that and went on to make several uh, miniseries for them. Okay. Um, yeah. Because uh, Gulliver's Travels won an Emmy Award for the VFX. One, one, I one, worked on... The first of many. Yeah, right? first of many. Yes, <laughs> I, I won't try and list them all because there's quite no, a few. <laughs> um, but it was also what uh, opened the eyes of the BBC uh, back in the late 90s as well to make mm. a series called Walking with Dinosaurs, which oh, again yeah. was another landmark uh, project for us. Yeah. Uh, because they only had a BBC documentary budget to make that uh, show on mm -hmm. and Jurassic Park the movie had just come out there were but there were only six minutes of dinosaur action in that film if you look at it in Jurassic Park for yeah. special effects the rest is suspense yeah, the rest, yeah. and they have doll, uh, real robots and dolls right there are some animatronics but yeah. the, the screen time for the for the computer effects really? is only six oh, yeah. minutes because I, I, I can still remember that movie as it of course the problem with dinosaurs <laughs> is we don't know how they looked so that's probably how that what makes you think that they look real uh, because at the same moment there was the movie Jumanji and they showed real animals and that if you look at Jumanji right now it looks terrible well the old Jumanji it looks terrible <laughs> you see uh, a lion running through a room and it looks terrible <laughs> and uh, if you look at Jurassic Park but probably it's also because they have so uh, you don't see them a lot mm -hmm. and and you see a lot of ro because the the one that's the, the big dinosaur that goes next to the car that's mm -hmm. that's uh, that's not that's not special effects that's built i believe yes well know. back when we did that uh, the first series of walking with dinosaurs you could only go uh, up to a certain closeness because the resolution oh wouldn't uh, hold up oh, yeah, yeah, so we would have um animatronic glove puppets big ones but mm -hmm. big glove puppets oh, okay to, to animate the, the heads and then we'd have animatronic robot eyes and nostril flares um <laughs> And but that's, the the, the awesome. main when the computers are when the creatures are running in herds or um, yeah. or from a certain distance then it's all all CG. But we mm. we ended up having to make over three hours worth of content for that BBC series. Wow! Only weeks after Jurassic Park had come out, so it's oh, yeah? a big challenge to be able to with the small documentary budget. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. The, and the, and a time frame as well, quite a tight time we frame. Want, we kind of want the same thing as the Jurassic Park budget. Uh, but we don't have the same budget, but we still want the same thing, but more, <laughs> more. Uh, yeah, but for what I can remember, you you pulled it off, right? Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. A big, yeah we big were. Success. It, it was a big success. Yeah. Again, it it won lots of awards. It it had a uh, 
biggest uh, documentary audience in the States, 17 and a half million viewers were tuning in every week to watch the episodes. Mm-hmm. And it got us on the cover oh. of Time magazine as well, oh, which, really? Um, which really helped our global reputation oh, um, yeah, sure. as, yeah. uh, as someone to go to if you wanted a creature made yeah. uh, in CG, wow. go mm. to Framestore. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so it was really that, on the back of that that we've we've made all of the characters that we, we've made today, which is I think is over four hundred creatures we've made now. For the the dinosaurs, or in, in total? no, just into in total. Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, it's okay. probably higher than that now because that, that figure four hundred is uh, I've been using that for a few years, now, so it's <laughs> yeah, 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 it's a lot more than that. Uh-huh. I heard this very very funny story about the uh, dinosaurs and how we see them right now because they're all based on skeletons. Mm-hmm. So they just and the scientists just. Uh, molded the skin around the skeleton mm, but yeah. it's that's probably not how they looked at least we don't know how they look because we just have the skeletons and then they did the same with the uh, animals we know right now so let's say you, you find a skeleton of a elephant then it won't have a trunk no it's very funny that someone wrote a book about and they they took animals from yeah, that's funny. Yeah, and drew them like we uh, uh, we we know dinosaurs look. If you if you take a chicken, it looks like a little velociraptor or something. Mm-hmm. If, you, if you draw it like a dinosaur, it's very because funny. it doesn't have the the, the fat and body. No, uh, or maybe even feathers or or stuff yeah. like that. That's very funny. funny. Yeah, so it's a again that was a challenge for us on the series. We we had professors from the Natural History Museum come in and talk to us about how they believed dinosaurs would look and how they would behave and what sort of diet they were eating because of the vegetation that was there. And even when we were filming, we had a paleontologist with us advising us on the flora and fauna. So you wouldn't see that. There was no grass. Don't shoot that shrub. So we Mm. were being as scientifically accurate to the backgrounds as much as we then were trying to be on the creatures. Mm. And what was interesting was because of the the way the bones actually fit together on Mm -hmm. the tail of, say, a Mm. T-Rex, we know that a T-Rex's tail can only flex in a certain range of directions because when you've just simply pushing all the bones together, you know it's only got a certain range. Oh, yeah, of Mm -hmm. course. But what you, what you can't, as you, as you just pointed out, what you can't allow for is the ball and socket joint. You don't know how much flex there is in the leg because mm. without the tendons and the muscle tissue, yeah, exactly. you, yeah. you go beyond. Yeah. So our so our uh, theory working with the, the, the professors was that we would take creatures that were alive today of a similar scale, mm-hmm. living in a similar climate, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. and then the markings and the texture of the skin and the, and the scale and whether it's trunk or not would mm. be based on creatures that are alive today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And 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 in, in the podcast uh, about this subject, they also said that Jurassic Park ruined a lot for the the real history of dinosaurs because they made the T Rex as a like a, a like a monster. A monster. Yeah, it's always searching for uh, to kill other animals and stuff like that. But in it, it probably was just like a lion. And a lion just kills if he wants to eat something, and then he just goes to sleep for the, the rest of the day. So they made a they made a, a, a painting about a T-Rex that is just lying down on the ground sleeping. It's very funny to see. You should We should put it on our, uh, on our website. On our, on our website. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, a, it's a very Notes. funny story. Yeah. 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 Um, so, but that was, you, you only had, back then you only had uh, the London office or did you open an office for, for those type of uh, projects in, in the US? No, but back then it was just the uh, just the London office. The yeah. um, 
the yes, a lot of those early projects were all uh, created in London. We yeah. we opened the New York office in two thousand four. Okay. So that show was produced in the late nineties. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, all yeah. the dinosaur work, but the the offices in in America actually the first office in New York was just set up really to do commercials. So, mm, really? Okay. So it became a commercial place. Hmm. Okay. And that was the first uh, U.S. based yeah. office. That was the first U.S. Yeah. based office. Yeah. Nice. Um, but you did your first like Hollywood film in '98. '98. Yeah. So yeah. that was from from the UK. That was out of, out of the UK, yes. It was, uh, I mean, we, we always think of Gulliver's Travels actually as being our first step towards making films because yeah. it, it was shot in the same way you shoot a film. Oh, yeah. yeah. And that was 96 that we made that. And yeah. And we were making other miniseries. Every year we would do a miniseries the after that. The approach was the same. So it's the same approach. Yeah. Um, yeah. The feature film work we were doing, the, the, The actual features work, the equipment that you had to buy back then was so expensive. <laughs> um, we, you know, it was uh, that mm, was a yeah, big sure. undertaking on top of mm. the video work. So there was a lot of um, a big investment as well for for a project like that. Yeah, uh, yeah, because that's that's the other thing is thinking back in the day was that we had to make money, profit to reinvest in the capex. The yeah. The, the expenditure in technology, but as it was being needed to be updated or as it was moving on, was our biggest outgoing. Mm. It was above salaries and rent. It was just yeah. reinvested in. You had to buy a new computer technology. for like a million million uh, it, euros right? dollars, and then you have to uh, get that money back through projects, right? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. So, and what what was the, that first uh, Hollywood movie that you did? It wasn't Gulliver's tra uh, uh, Travels. No, that the Gulliver's Travels was the first TV, TV long show. form, mm -hmm. and then we did a film, uh, Lost in Space, uh, mm. and Pinocchio were the two with two ventures into uh, film. Really. Okay. Um, then we we did a fairy tale, a true story, uh, which was with the same director that we that we did Gulliver's Travels with. Um, yes, and then it and then it grew from there. Lost in space. It sounds familiar. It was uh, Matt LeBlanc from uh, Friends mm. was, was in it. Okay, yeah, Joey. Uh, Joey. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, um, so that's how you slowly moved into like the Hollywood productions, I guess. Or was it was it uh, was it still mainly advertising and commercial? Uh, advertising spots that you did back then uh, we had a we we kind of we grew a uh a tripod if you like of of work so we had uh we had tv advertising yeah we had television long form mm -hmm. and we had feature films okay and what what we liked was the fact that if any one of the areas was having a market downside yeah the other two would support the company mm. so having that having that uh, variety of work is something that we've tried to do from then until now. Mm. Um, we now work across, I think, nine different platforms. Yeah. Mobiles, tablets, computers, uh, computer, uh, laptops, the yeah. web, giant indoor-outdoor screens, VR, VR AR, all the, all the R's, yeah. And, yeah. and even theme park rides now. So it's it's a really um, varied yeah, array that. of work. Uh -huh. But it's but the, the really important thing to remember is it's, The solutions and the storytelling is all done by our core skilled people. Okay. So they work across all of those platforms, mm. which makes working at somewhere like working at Framestore a really um, 
interesting and creatively challenging place. Yeah. So and so so if if I would work uh, for a frame store, I I wouldn't have to like work in one specific department only. Or is that uh, no? You might you might come in to work in one department. Yeah. But if you're an animator, you might be on a on a film this the, week, yeah. a, a commercial with mm. next week, and then a VR project yeah, yeah, the yeah, following. Yeah. So yeah. people like that variety. Yeah. What what are the one of the what what what's your favorite project that you've worked on? Maybe you have a good story about a project. <laughs> yeah, um, let's see. I suppose when I when I think of uh, the project that the companies worked on, then mm. there's uh, there are a few standout projects. So yeah, of course, yeah. So the first thing for me was when I was a kid, I was a Thunderbird. Mm. Yeah. child so I had all the toys I had nice. the pajamas the bedspread the wallpaper everything yeah and then we got to make a live action version of that film wow yeah That's so cool. I put my hand up and said I'd, I'd like to supervise that I, I worked on the film and then got close to the director told him I was a super fan and asked if I could have a cameo in the film <laughs> so he gave me a, a cameo appearance so in Thunderbird 2 awesome. in, in Thunderbird in the Thunderbird movie I am the tower bridge lift operator Okay, is, and, that a, is uh, that, but it's with puppets, right? No, it was live action. Oh, okay. live action with uh, CG um, oh, spaceships really? and. Oh, okay, it was a series or no? It was a film. Oh, it was okay. for Universal. Uh, okay, it was a feature film. Okay, um, and we shot uh, we shot some of it in the Seychelles, which was very nice. Mm. Uh, the island, Tracy yeah, Island, not bad. Yeah, and. Um, Yeah, so I say my claim to fame is that I pull the the lever that lifts up yep. uh, Tower the, the Bridge, mountain. and then in Tower Where no, it's this Tower Bridge in London. Oh, there's, okay. There's a shot in the towards the end of the film where Thunderbird 2 flies down the River Thames, okay. and goes through Tower Bridge. Mm. So you have to Lady lift the Penelope bridge. or something. Is and it? It's uh, Ben Kingsley is flying Thunderbird 2. so okay. he's the baddie, and he's stolen the spaceship. Awesome. <laughs> uh, so the shot after me is Ben Kingsley. So. Uh, <laughs> That's so great. that that was a particular favorite right, in that I got that I got out. to star in my yeah. my childhood That's thing. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. but my but the the project I probably like the most is that um, when I was a kid I was used to watch uh, the BBC and mm -hmm. and waiting for the programs to start because we only used to have TV from 12 midday <laughs> till midnight, hmm. and then they would play a test card or a rotating logo, okay. and we, I would we sit there. Okay. Yeah, okay. the Dutch um, test uh, build. Yeah. Just build, yeah. Okay. So I would sit and watch that logo and then <laughs> wonder if one day maybe I could work for that company. Um, and That's then cool. uh, we got approached by the BBC to actually make a channel ident for them oh, yeah. with synchronized swimming hippopotamuses. Mm. And so I got I to I got that. to direct yeah. that for them. Um, so it was again. It was like, oh, this is fantastic. I'm, I'm yeah, living nice. the dream now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So swimming hippos. And and the nicest thing about that was when people, when my friends and family used to say, we don't really understand what you do, mm -hmm. what your job is, why how it all happens in the computer. I could actually say, well, that's BBC swimming I hippos. Did. That's that's what I do. Yeah. And then they they get it. And yeah. because it was in everybody's living room for about 10 years, I think they ran that. I really? Did. Wow. Everybody had seen it. So, yeah. Because often with a commercial or a film, it's not everybody gets to see everything. No. But that ident was in everyone's living room. There wow. was there was no I'm escape. That they ran it that long. Yeah, I think, I think the BBC went through um, a little bit of uh, people challenging how they were spending their money because they okay. were. Uh, Makes sense. Yeah. 
So oh, they it's public money. Exactly, public money. So yeah. they they didn't change it for a, for a while during that period. Okay. So it's fine. It's, it's fine. Double it airtime works. <laughs> huh? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. And uh, talking about childhood heroes, we have uh, <laughs> a few days ago there was a, a a trailer released of the Sonic the Hedgehog movie. It's a old computer game, and uh, almost immediately the whole internet went crazy about the looks of the because it's it's a it's a live action movie but sonic is made in in the computer cgi yeah and uh, the the whole internet got upset about his looks most mainly about his teeth because he has human teeth i think human teeth and long legs which is weird because i was also like what is this so yeah <laughs> and a couple of days later the director promised to change the design um have you heard about mainly it mainly because of the internet's public opinion yeah is this something you ever experienced experienced or is it well we've never seen something like this before because it's a lot of work you know in in you know cgi to to change the looks of your main character in, in the film right so yeah yeah but, but so especially I mean, through the internet everybody has an opinion you know especially when you release a trailer then it's uh yeah that would probably uh, it wouldn't have happened uh, a couple of years ago i think no um, or is this a very common <laughs> thing that happens in, in the industry a lot? I mean, the, the design of a, of a character or a creature um, can change or can be changed at, at any point. Um, and that often comes from a, a studio's opinion of what something should look like. The director yeah. often gets to express what he wants yeah. first, and then there are, there are reasons why that might change. Yeah. Um, as creating, testing, yeah. yeah, testing and iteration. I mean, you, we go through iterations all the time. Yeah, yeah. So, so often we're now as creative partners told, well, you guys know what you're doing. Can you design, you give us a design, mm -hmm. you show us what you think works best. And then they iterate on top of that. So mm -hmm. as an example, um, Winnie the Pooh, um, yeah. oh, Christopher yeah. Robin. That was mm. uh, and actually it was nominated for an Oscar this year. It was one of the nice. yeah, one of the films yeah, nominated. It, it um, when we first did some tests with with Pooh, um, it was a Disney film. So yeah. should Pooh look like Disney or yeah. should he be closer to the the, the original illustrated yeah. version? Okay. Yeah. So there's the to and the fro of that. Mm. Then uh, we've made Paddington bear. Yeah, um, it's a different type of bear. It's anthropomor anthropomorphic. Um, okay. But the director didn't want Pooh to be like that. He wanted it to actually be like a toy, yeah. genuinely yeah. believe a stuffed toy. So, yeah. so we then set a bunch of parameters around that. Um, but again, once you then model that and build it, we were we were shooting and starting to drop uh, padding, uh, Pooh into uh, shots from the show as the sequences were signed off. Yeah. And w as we finished the show. Uh, we'd been using these stuffed toy versions to stand in as as a lineup for lighting of the sets. Mm -hmm. So we would shoot a take with these stuffed toys in. Mm. And at the end of filming, um, the director noticed that, in fact, we did as well, we noticed that the, the stuffed toys had become threadbare on the parts of the creature where it was being held and handled. So much like an, an old yeah, toy an old would. Toy. Yeah. The most touched bits, yeah. Oh, the fur comes off out. and it yeah. gets worn out. Uh, yeah, and we said we we must do that. So even oh, yeah. though we'd gone into production with a a new bear, mm. we had to get the model out and readjust the textures and age it, okay, so wow. that it 
uh, it, oh. it fitted better into the shots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that sort of thing, that iteration process is is part of what we do. Yeah. It's very unusual to to put a trailer out because I imagine a lot exactly. of the shots are, are way down the production line. Yeah. Um, but again, you've you, it is possible. I mean, that's the thing with computer technology now; it is possible. Yeah, of course, but it's also uh, a, a different uh, way of working. You know, you tra- it used to be like you, you throw a trailer out and this, this is how it is. Yeah. And now everybody it's out next the week. In- the internet says Deal something it. about it, and, and okay, we'll change it. Okay. Yeah. I think the same thing happened with. It looks like the same thing happened with the the genie in Aladdin, with Will Smith. Oh, yeah. 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 With a lot of upset about the blue face. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then the second trailer came out, and then now he's blue and and looking like Will Smith. So yeah, it's, it's funny. Yeah, yeah it's it's, it's amazing as well. We how technology moves on so quickly that on a film like Avatar, we we worked on Avatar. Mm. We were the only okay. European company to work on Avatar, and we came in in the last year because it was in production for four or five years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We came in just to help push it over the line. Mm. But the quality of the shots that everyone was producing in the last six months was so much better than yeah, the work course. that had been done four years earlier. Yeah. Because everybody's yeah, techniques, technologies, all wow, got yeah, better. So, but do you go back and do all of the, all mm-hmm. do it all again? No, no, yeah. you can't. But hmm. it's it's that you know where do, where do you draw the line? Where do you accept the look? Hmm. Um, on Gravity, we worked on the movie Gravity for four and a half years. Same wow, yeah. same thing. Same thing, 400 people working Crazy. on techniques that, that just get better and better the more and more of it you do. So by the end, shots that were taking a very long time uh, to, to put together were going through the pipeline really quickly. Um, so there was more opportunity then to change to change things. And, and a great example of that, actually, yeah. it's a, it, the opening shot of the film, I think it's 12 and a half minutes long. Mm-hmm. Um, and the in, famous the, in the opening, famous opening shot. Yeah. Yeah, and one of our people said whilst he was watching the opening with the director, we were watching the film through. He said, "Isn't it amazing how, when you're in space, there's no upside down or right way up?" Yeah, yeah. Exactly. And the director, the director said, "You're onto something there. We should re-render this shot, and I want the shot to start upside down at the beginning, the whole shot, and across the twelve and a half minutes. Oh yeah, slowly rotate and correct and be the right way up by the end of the uh, shot." Okay. And that's what we did. It's it's almost imperceptible yeah. when you watch the shot. Yeah. But we went back and re-rendered it. Oh, wow. So if you, if you play it in uh, fast forward, you, you see it turning around. You'd have to do it very fast forward. But oh, yes. yeah, 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 12 minutes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah it's yeah, a long cool. shot. So, but that was something that, that you guys came up with like at the end of the... The the, the 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 process yeah well like the, shot, the shot the shot was <laughs> yeah the shot was finished well the film was finished we're looking at the review of the final oh, film that's cool um, but it just shows you what's what's possible uh, yeah. if you want to change things yeah was that the biggest project you 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 did until then the, the gravity film I think gravity was probably the most challenging okay um, the it, it because we almost reinvented the way the filmmaking process worked. Mm-hmm. Because uh, the director thought we'd put actors on wires, and then we'd rub the wires out. Yeah. Uh, but of course, as soon as we tested that with a stunt girl, she changed color. She got uncomfortable, and even the way your skin hangs when you're upside down mm-hmm. in gravity, yeah, uh, blows that illusion. So, so we we used a combination of a a robot camera, uh, yeah. which was made from a converted car manufacturing production line robot. 
mm-hmm. turned that into a high-speed camera. And then we created an LED light box with a ceiling and a floor. And we pre-rendered the shots that the actors were going to go into and then played them in real time in the light box. So that Sandra Bullock, even though she mm-hmm. was um, in this uh, body harness yeah. in, a, in, a, in an LED box, could mm-hmm. actually see the, the scene she was going to be put into in the movie uh-huh. happening around her. Oh, oh. Really? cool. Okay. But that also meant we had to program the computer robot and all the images on the screens before we could start filming. Hmm. So wow. we we uh, we pre-animated the whole movie. Oh my god! And, and edited it into a ninety-minute film, which the studio signed off on before we started oh, wow. uh, actually filming. Wow! So it was a big. It, there was lots of it. So much innovation in that in that film. Yeah. Um, yeah, 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 with all the preparation, it, could, it probably could it be couldn't be done the other way around, right? Correct, correct. You it had was, to do it to it, to, to. it had to be done that way to make it look as real as the director yeah. wanted. Yeah, yeah. But it also it also meant that uh, we worked very closely with the studio. They they came and into Frame Store uh, for eighteen months before we started filming mm. to previs the whole film so we did an animated version of the whole film with the director and a team of animators mm. and then edited that with the film's editor mm. and that was what was then used as a template to shoot the film i'd love to see that yeah <laughs> nice well i have a i have a i have a separate show and tell for that so <laughs> <laughs> nice so, so you started working directly for brands as well uh, we saw. We saw the. Did you create an experience like experience like the the field trip to Mars? It's a it's a VR a field trip where kids get in a bus and the whole, every window is like a screen, and uh, yeah, so kids that's, uh, experience how it is to to have a field trip on Mars. Yeah, so that was, that was quite an amazing challenge. It wasn't actually direct to brand. That okay. was through an okay. agency still. But, okay, okay, okay. But the challenge was uh, how do we create this experience that we uh, designed together yeah um, and the, the brief was to put uh, 30 school children on de- on a 20 year old American school bus and as the bus pulls away from the school instead of seeing Washington DC outside yeah. of the window mm-hmm. when the bus hits 30 miles per hour somehow the kids would be transported to the surface of Mars so, so cool. that was that was the challenge and that really touched on it's a bit the same as Sandra Bullock right <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's on Earth, and then she's uh, yeah in space. Yeah, but also like she's really in in the scene already. Yeah. So it's like a VR experience. Yeah. Yeah. But that that was um, so that it's not you came up with the idea, right? Your company came up with no. The we idea. we worked with McCann's to okay. to come up with that okay. idea. We did it together. Okay. Yeah. It um the the. The really tricky thing was was how to do it. I mean, it was an impossible thing to do. Much like sure. yeah. Gravity and lots of the other films we do, the yeah. the techniques and often the technology isn't doesn't exist when you start out. Yeah. So you have to create it yeah. or adapt technology. Yeah. And so for that bus, we had to come up with a, a new GPS system to because GPS systems even on your phone are not very accurate. No, mm-hmm. uh, we 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 used a three axis uh, gyroscope. 
We used uh, a laser velocimeter. It all <laughs> sounds very technical, but it was all mm. to measure the millimeter accuracy of the acceleration oh, wow. and deceleration of yeah, that bus. Yeah, it goes left or right, yeah. And every pothole, every bump it goes oh, over yeah. Yeah, also has to be translated in real time through the game engines which are putting the images on the windows. Mm-hmm. And the windows are transparent computer screens that don't <laughs> exist. You couldn't buy them when we when we set that up. So we had them made in China wow. and Korea mm-hmm. and shipped to the US. We then stripped the bus bare, put the new windows in, rebuilt it, and, and then fitted all the game engine tech in uh, so that it was invisible to the kids that got on the bus. So when that switch happens, because the, the, the glass is actually sandwiched between two, two pieces of electric electro glass, mm-hmm. which is what architects or use in um, building windows if they want to go from transparent to opaque they just put an electric current through the glass and it yeah, fogs like a meeting room where you, you can blind the windows right yeah 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 it fogs ah. the glass yeah, yeah, yeah. so so as the bus gets to 30 miles an hour you put the electric current through it makes the glass go opaque and then you turn the computer screen on hmm. and then you see mars hmm. that's so awesome yeah, <laughs> but what, what I love to it to an amusement park right now. Right? <clears throat> well, there's lots of people who want one. Yeah, absolutely. Can't imagine. Sure. Yeah, you can I imagine the application. Yeah. <laughs> I want it in my car. Yeah, <laughs> the kids? back of my car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Instead what, of watching an iPad, you could uh, yeah. give them an experience. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where do you go with it? Because it, for me, watching those children afterwards, as as a parent myself, mm. it's quite. Insp- I find it quite inspirational to see. The kids inspired actually. That was the thing. They they genuinely mm. believe they could be the next people on Mars. Mm. Yeah. Um, and I think once you can create an experience that's educational as well as entertain and it's head to entertainment. Yeah. Um, you can move people and and yeah influence their. But also make them think that anything is possible and that. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. That's really cool. Um, so that was that was not directly. <laughs> not done directly for a brand, but <laughs> but you do work m- more uh, directly for brands now, right? We do, we yeah. do. Um, um, I'm trying to think of a good example. Uh, McLaren. We mm-hmm. we work with the, the car manufacturers. We produced it. We produced a piece of branded content from them. They they wanted to put something on their website for when the car maybe wasn't performing. Uh, well, so they could give their sponsors yeah. something to cheer about. So we were going uh. to do a sort of a South Park style animated piece, but mm. we we working with working direct with McLaren. We said no, we can do something much more powerful than that. And so we came up with a series based on the drivers then, which uh, Jensen Button and Lewis Hamilton back when we did the show, and uh, went on to produce. Uh, three series for them with the drivers. We use the voices of the drivers, uh, but we would work directly with Ron Dennis, mm-hmm. uh, the CEO at the time, yep. and um, and with the, the marketing director, mm-hmm. John Allett, to, to write scripts. So we would literally, we would write the script, we would uh, direct the voice yeah. recording, yeah. and then we would animate this show in three, in, in C, fully in CG, uh, 12 three-minute episodes per series. And so cool. that was a great Sounds example so cool. of working yeah. direct to a brand, mm-hmm. um, literally working inside the brand. We would go to the McLaren offices and uh, and almost write the script with Ron Dennis. And you're sort of nice. Uh, he, and was he that involved? He he signed off every script. Okay. So yes, he was hmm. he was involved. Yeah. Hands on. Yeah. Hmm. Very much. Okay. And and uh, but did you uh, see any? Was there a difference you, that you noticed? between working for 
agencies or directly for brands or, or not necessarily? Yeah, so the, for me, the main difference is when you work with an agency, they have account handlers, they have strategists, yeah. they have all of the agency paraphernalia that yeah. normally shields us from the client in that mm. sense. They will yeah. bring their client in, but it's normally after we've delivered an yeah. agency version. Yeah. So when we work direct to brands, we realized quite quickly that we need all of those extra skills of course. Yeah, to yeah. keep the process smooth. Okay. Um, so to get all those, those agency uh, roles yes. in-house. Yeah. yeah. So now we, we employ people with gosh, a huge range of skills now. We, we're we such an eclectic bunch, actually, that mm. we now have, we have mathematicians and physicists and computer scientists, but mm -hmm. we team them up with people like myself. I'm a graphic designer. We have fine artists, photographers, animators, writers, directors, mm. and um, even people now that specialize in experiential. So they're more of a theater background or a, a physical performance background mm. to be able to create some of the VR, AR, and theme park ride experiences that we do. Mm. Yeah. How did that happen, the, 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 the theme park experience? Well, the, the, the theme park experience came out of um, us telling a story, actually, that based around if we make a CG asset or CG character, if you build it in the right way in the beginning, you can use that not just in a film, but you can use it in a TV show. Mm. You can make an advert. You could put it on a mobile phone. Um, so to show all of the opportunities that can be taken from a single piece of IP, mm. um, and, of course, that that in the um, theme park world where we've created a, a film. So our first ride was uh, Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay. We've yep. made all the assets mm -hmm. to put that then into a theme park ride. Mm. Very simple transition. Yeah. Um, but what's what we love about the the theme park rides that we're currently working on is that we we get involved now in writing the whole story, mm. and it's much more than the visuals that end up on a screen. Mm -hmm. It's it's the pre story before you get on the ride. Mm -hmm. Give a backstory that needs to be written and yeah, executed, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then the ride get itself. You've excited and then, yeah. Yeah. In the mood. That's it. Set it up. <laughs> yeah. And then when you're on the ride, you've got the content that's on the giant screens, but also what, yeah. how you're moving in the ride rig. We also engineer the ride profile. Yeah. yeah. So designing how you physically move mm. with the pictures. Mm. Yeah. And then, of course, you've got the merchandising at the back end as well. What does What's your, <laughs> what's your takeaway? So, so Disney, getting involved. Disney, uh... So sure you're building the brands, right? Yeah. Helping them build the brands, yeah. Very much. And for, for for Disney, it's the other way around, right? They they they've built the Pirates of the Caribbean ride, and after that, they made a movie about it. Yes, yes. I mean that that really? uh, yeah. yeah. I did not know. Yeah, hmm. that's interesting. And I, I think they did a, did that a couple of couple of times. It was a ride first, and then it became a movie. Hmm. Because the ride has a lot of emotions. It's a it's a it's a, it's a roller coaster land, ride. Disney World. Yeah. And then uh, they were like, well, maybe we can make a movie about that, about that same experience. So that's why I think that's why the movie feels like a, a very excited roller coaster. Mm. Yeah. 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 It's funny. Cool. And uh, but uh, recently, just a couple of years ago, go you uh, Frame Store sold a seventy. 5% stake in its business to a Chinese holding company for, I believe, uh, 150 million pounds or 175 million euros. 
uh, which is uh, just a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> why, why did you uh, make that decision? Well, it's just like when we when we took the first investment with the directors uh, back at the starter frame store. Each yeah. decade, we have changed our external shareholders mm -hmm. uh, as much as a strategic uh, decision. Um, because uh, we we wanted a with the Chinese we wanted a partner that would actually open up uh, the East for us. Okay. Um, that um, eighty percent of the consumers of content uh, that we help create now um, are in Asia, and um, 80, the majority, eighty percent, eighty percent, oh, wow. the majority okay. of those actually in China. Hmm. Um, so to be relevant in twenty years time, we felt that we needed to be a significant player in Asia as much yeah, as we are now in, in Europe and North America. So, yeah. so having a partner there that could make introductions and, and, um, and also help us navigate through such a foreign territory was, uh, has been invaluable already. Yeah. 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 Okay. Interesting. And, but what about, uh, the, the, um, you know, in the, in the UK, obviously, uh, the, the whole Brexit thing is, 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 is happening. Is it uh, worrying at all for you as a, for, for the company? Or um, how does it influence your business or maybe the future of, of the company? Yeah, we, we worry about the economy. Um, yeah. You know, advertising yeah. is dependent on a, a thriving economy. So um, is that also why, you, why, you, why, why you're expanding to... Um, maybe Asia or, or Chinese uh, markets? Yes, it is. I mean, we, we already feel like we have a, uh, a global network, yeah. I, I think. Um, yeah. but, it, but just in our London office, we have uh, over 52 different nationalities exactly, yeah. that work in the office. And 30% of our colleagues in that office are European. Yeah. So mm -hmm. we're, we're, we're concerned for them yeah, on, on what might happen. Yeah. But 50% um, of our overall team are based outside of the UK. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, and and also I think at the moment the weak exchange rate is actually also benefiting us because uh -huh. uh, mm -hmm. we're getting oh, yeah. uh, you know it's cheaper to come to the UK from abroad to to do work. Mm. Oh yeah, yeah. That's interesting. Never thought about it that way. Huh. And and uh, uh, where do you see yourself in in five years? Uh, where do you see the company in five years? Any goals you'd like to achieve or anything? Wow, five years. I mean, I, I, I <laughs> think back, I th you know, I just think back to where we were five years ago. Uh -huh, uh, yeah. You know, we, we did our first uh, VR project for Game of Thrones, uh, which 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 we, made us then believe that this technology of AR and VR was here to stay. Yeah. And that was less than five years ago. Wow. So if you'd have asked me five years ago, uh -huh, you know, the yeah. realities, mm. uh, I, I wouldn't have been talking about those. So mm. I think for me, the 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 we have um, we started something in in Framestore called Framestore Ventures, mm -hmm. uh, and what we do there is we allow our creative people an opportunity to express ideas they have, yeah. and they sit before an, an internal panel at Framestore who judges the proposals, mm. and then we put aside um, some company profit to mm. invest in these ideas and either make a prototype if it's a, a physical piece of engineering or technology or if it's a piece of IP to get that to a place where people yeah. can take it to the market and raise money then oh, that's or great. Cool. pass it on. Wow. So so it's a creative outlet for people. Yeah. But but at the same time it, it also takes a long time to get those sorts of projects yeah. 
yeah, turned into course. products. So in five years, I would like to see some of those uh, investments come into yeah. fruition because we we give ownership of uh, a chunk of ownership of those ideas to the people that come up with the ideas. Mm. So I would love to see some of our people having their innovations. Yeah, uh, how, much, how much time are people allowed to to work on? Because they're side projects, I guess, right? Yeah, no. yeah, they, they, they are side projects. Do you have an example already of, of something that's happening right now, or is it? No, there isn't. They're, they're, they're in production, so we have a few animated series that okay. Uh, okay. that we're yeah. that we're children's animation series that yeah. we're we're pitching. Um, so, yes, but a lot of the others are just taking NDA or secret yeah, yeah, at the yeah. moment, yeah, yeah. 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 and taking a while. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, yeah. it's more nice. like what what kind of things are. Uh, do we have to think about it? It's, it's mostly animated series or uh, stuff like that. Yes, I mean, it's also products. It is products as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, products as well. We're, um, we're, you know, we're looking at. It could also uh, be app, apps for your phone or. Yeah, it could right? be apps for your phone. It can be um, just pieces of physical hardware production tools. Mm. You know, virtual production is a, a big thing now where mm. people are looking at ways to to use real-time technology to to make uh, images a lot quicker than we currently do uh, for for a more reasonable uh, investment. Yeah. So there's we're, we're looking at pieces of tech that help do that as well. Yeah, so there has to be a connection with FrameStore yeah. for the products. For the products, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So when, when you talk about how much time people can spend on it, it's... <laughs> yeah. uh, a lot of our people are curious by nature. Yeah. They will experiment and play. Um, we encourage that as a, as a business. Yeah. We Good. want people to be great. trying new things. Um, yeah. uh, and that's that's where that's where we reap our biggest re- rewards are when people mm. collaborate together on things that they're personally interested in yeah. and bring those uh, add solutions to I love it. Nice. Problems. That's great. Yeah. Well, um, Thank you very much for taking time and, and uh, sharing your story with us. We have a final uh, uh, a question for you. What advice would you give starting creative entrepreneurs if they want to start their own business? If they're listening right now, what advice can you give them? Okay, well, if there's one. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, a lot of people, when they're starting their own businesses, I've heard so many people say, my advice would be knowing what I know now, don't do it. Mm. Um, <laughs> I, but I'm I'm more encouraging. I, I, uh, I went in, I went all in and have loved every second of it. It's, yeah. it's a very stressful process at times because you have uh, recessions and market forces that can affect your business. Yeah. But um, I didn't go into it thinking of money. I went into yeah. it to, with a vision to do the most creative work uh, with the most creative people I could. Yeah. And, and that has made my job not feel like a job. It's, yeah. it's meant that my commitment has been 110%. It's, it's more than I would probably give to, mm. uh, to a job. To a job, yeah. But, but it's because it doesn't feel like a job. So I think if anybody has an inkling to do this, they should just... Go do, for it. Do what you love. Yeah, do what you love. Learn on the job. Listen to other people. Listen to these podcasts. Yeah. Um, yeah. Get as much uh, from other people's experiences because you can hear – I mean, I read a lot. Uh, that's 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 how I yeah. uh, learn yeah. how yeah. other people in a similar place have, have succeeded. Mm. And I use that to help me with the other softer skills I talk about, like how to motivate people, how to – 
and bring creative people together to build teams because I think that's what Framestore does. That's our secret sauce is that we're able to build teams of unlike-minded individuals mm-hmm. uh, and make them work well together mm-hmm. to solve problems. And I, unlike-minded. I like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Thanks very much. Yeah, again. thanks. Um, this has been great. Thanks very much for your time again and um, it was great meeting you. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you very much. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. For more information, please check out our website and now this.agency. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. This show was produced in collaboration with Ant Food Amsterdam.